0: Ah, yes, Uh, Spike Lee's Bamboozled, uh, 2000, film from 2000. You know, when I teach this course, uh, Spike Lee's Joints, I begin with, and I'm going in the same sequence as the syllabus on, on this particular podcast series, I start with Robert Townsend's Hollywood Shuffle in order to talk about the crisis and burden of black filmmaking, and therefore what Spike Lee, like Robert Townsend, in Hollywood Shuffle is tasked with, but I fast forward in that case uh, 13 years to 2000 to talk about Spike Lee's Bamboozled. It is an incredibly difficult film to teach. It's an incredibly difficult film to teach because what it examines is so intensely painful. It's intensely painful not because Spike Lee is cruel, but because the thought experiment that the film undertakes, what would it mean to put a minstrel show on television in contemporary America? Because that experiment is both grotesque and awful to witness as it unfolds on the screen, and also how we as viewers understand that Spike Lee is not making shit up, that this is the kind of thing we can see iterations of and can certainly imagine in our own actual world, and not just the hyperbolic cinematic world that Spike Lee creates in Bamboozled and in most of his films, right? Or many of his films, I should say. It is a hyperbolic world. That's what makes the film work. It has to be intensely introspective. It has to be uh, visceral in its treatment of Everything from the history of minstrelsy to the reception of minstrelsy in uh, contemporary, uh, the contemporary United States. So it has to be visceral. But it's also that visceral draws us so deeply in that we understand this is not an entirely fictional film. That he is picking up on something essential about the dawn of the 21st century. Right, that close of the 20th and beginning of the 21st century, that there is something invariant about anti-blackness in our world, the world of the United States, that makes something like Bamboozled not a crazy fantasy on Spike Lee's part, but a commentary on the kind of people we are and the kind of people we have become and refuse to move away from. One of the more painful parts of the film, and this is something that we talk about a lot in my course, and it's, I have to say, is among the most uncomfortable conversations and in that way really the most necessary, is the way that Spike Lee's film shows the enjoyment of minstrelsy, the humiliation of black people for the entertainment of others, to not simply be the domain of the white viewer, but also to be something that appeals to the black viewer. When we talk about this in class, I think the students react in the way they should. They're very divided within themselves and certainly between each other. For some, that's an outrageous claim. It's unfair to black people. And for others, it's a moment of self-reflection about the future and past in the way they seem to have such continuity in the way black people, even as the victims of anti-blackness, are formed by it formed by it not just as you know a form of comedy that minstrelsy is a particular kind of comedy a particular kind of stage show which in this case it's a television show but it's not just minstrelsy as, as as a kind of exhibit of humor and acting but rather minstrelsy as an entire cultural sensibility And so it's yet another occasion for me to get the students to think about, and I think Spike Lee is trying to get us to think about, how minstrelsy is not something that is relegated to history and and animates and haunts the present. Haunting is something I'll talk about in the next uh, podcast piece in some detail. But the way minstrelsy is not something from the past that haunts us in part, but rather is constitutive of our very being. That is, minstrelsy was not an aspect of the past, but a crystallization of a deep social, political form that touches at the very foundations, if not is the very foundations, of our being as Americans. And Americans here, I mean, from the United States. So I, one way I think we have to think about bamboozled, or one of the ways that I think is really helpful to think about bamboozled, is through the lens of Afro-pessimism in its contemporary iteration. Now, the pessimistic tradition in the black intellectual tradition, that that, that uh, pessimism is, is a form or a sensibility or an aspect that is all over the black Atlantic world in bits and pieces. But I really mean it in its contemporary iteration in the United States. And what really is important for me about this innovation of a contemporary version of Afro pessimism is this commitment to anti-blackness as ontology that for me anti-blackness as ontology not anti-blackness as an institutional form uh, as an economic practice as a personal ethic of white people right or uh, you know questions of inclusion or exclusion But anti-blackness as the structure of our very being. And that very being part goes in two directions, right? That very being part is to us, right? To the way we see, like our senses, the way we see and hear and feel. And so are also our sensibilities, what we find funny, what we find entertaining, and ultimately at this deep ethical political level, what we find good, what we find uh, edifying, what we find worthy of our attention. I think Spike Lee is trying to make that space, that, uh, that, that anti-blackness as being, that space more fraught than, say, somebody like Frank Wilderson or Jared Sexton, who are absolutists about it. Nevertheless, Spike Lee is very much in Bamboozled, is very much committed to this idea That at the individual level, our senses are transformed by anti blackness. And in that way, when you transform the sensibilities and the senses of individuals, you then also have, and I think it's a two way, uh, it's a co constitutive phenomenon here, right? The ontology of the world, right? The cultural, political, and social world that we exist in, and that we in the United States share as an interracial space social, political, and cultural, that that is part of our being, right? Whether that means that an anti-black social, political, and cultural world gives birth to anti-black subjects, right? Anti-black individuals or anti-black individuals, right? In their very being, you know, whatever, wherever they fall in this, in, in you know, in, in terms of racial identification. If anti-blackness is a form of our individual being, perhaps it creates, right, a social, political, cultural Uh, World of anti blackness. I think really in the end it's best to think, and I think Spike Lee is thinking of it this way, that's the really important part, as co constitutive. That the being of the world and the being of the subject move between each other, right? That it's not a pure sociogeny where you have the genesis of the person as an anti black sense, uh, as having anti black senses and sensibilities because the world is anti-black but it's also not the case that the world is anti-black all by itself right it's fed by uh, iterations of and reproductions of anti-blackness in individual sensibilities and comfort with those sensibilities that's why bamboozled is so troubling it's not simply although it certainly is the case that bamboozled is deeply troubling because what we see on the screen is so uncomfortable I make the students watch a number of sequences from the film. And in that Spike Lee course, I can't think of another film, another moment in the class where students feel more uncomfortable. Other times they feel more angry, they feel happier, they laugh harder, they're sadder. Everything like that. But discomfort is that moment where you see the ontological structure of anti-blackness coming out in the film and we negotiate our own relationship to it disgust outrage and so on if that is how <clears throat> the film plays out in terms of our own sensibilities our own our own engagement with it right then we have to ask ourselves you know how to, in this case does afro pessimism in the film draw on something essential about the world around us right so what I want to talk about in the next podcast piece is also this question of how, um, you know, the dominant forms of contemporary culture, hip hop culture uh, in, in 2000, <clears throat> certainly true in 2022, as it was to, true in 1992. So the multi-decade, right? Spike Lee is also making a commentary on, on, on a sort of Afro-pessimist foundation of even that. We will get into that later. But when we think about this anti black uh, ontology, right, then we start to see how Spike Lee is drawing us in to ask the question is the premise of Bamboozled that far fetched? What initially strikes students, and certainly strikes me as a viewer, about the film as sort of preposterous, right, and, and far fetched is that, you know, I think when, 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 if you're, if you're presented, if one is presented with the premise of the film, and it says, and white audiences come to enjoy this, I think there's a very quick assimilation to that idea. Absolutely, this is the kind of thing. White people absolutely get off on the humiliation of black people. We can see that in the way, you know, uh, I think white people feel so comfortable with black death that that has not motivated like the high profile and viral videos that have been seen a million times by white people in the United States of black people being murdered by the police that has not motivated black uh, white people to be politically different which tells you something about the pleasure that white people take even indifference is a kind of pleasure you know to be indifferent towards death and suffering or also the way you know it is, I'm you know talking now uh, in In the fall of of 2022, when Herschel Walker is routinely humiliating himself and being humiliated in front of large white crowds who absolutely love it. And it motivates and solidifies their desire to vote for him, to have him represent them in such massive numbers. And so it taps into that feeling, I think, among students and viewers and certainly myself, that the premise of the film is absolutely uh, plausible. Right, in terms of white people. But the discomfort comes when Spike Lee extends that. That what we are also, if not actually really talking about, is the way we all, in an interracial world, are formed by anti-blackness at our very being as a society and as individuals. So this also, for me, and this is where it's very difficult to to talk about this film without students having a really robust idea of the '90s and the explosion of of uh, black comedy television on uh, H- whether it was HBO or or you know various comedy shows on uh, the WB uh, and UPN later, um, that these these uh, these comedies are also being taken to task. These comedies that were 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 staffed, acted, written by black people for black audiences, Spike Lee's trying to get us to look at that, our consumption of those images, and ask, I think, two questions. How is this minstrelsy redone? How is this minstrelsy in a way that now, after bamboozled, we see it as deeply problematic, as incredibly painful and harmful, Right? if he's successful, right? whether he's successful or not, is a question of, of adjudicating the, the, the success and value of the film. I don't want to do that. I think that's a really interesting question, but not my particular concern. But also, I think Spike Lee is saying, isn't this also like what Robert Townsend was talking about in Hollywood Shuffle? The burden of, of for black filmmakers. That when you put black people on the screen... How, given the weight, the ontological weight of minstrelsy and anti blackness, how do you put black people on screen in such a way that they do not appear as minstrel characters? That is not an easy thing to do, especially if one is making a comedy. You know, I think In Living Color is one of his, one of the the complex uh, backdrop shows and cultural phenomena for Spike Lee in this. I mean, Damon Wayans is the star of the film, right? And he was a centerpiece in that and played characters that I think Spike Lee is suggesting and and also Tommy Davidson, of course, as a co-star or supporting actor, however one would want to put it. But there are characters that I think Spike Lee is trying to get us to say, you know, did living color traffic in minstrelsy? And that is one of the most painful questions to have asked in 2000. And his questions that he asks not abstractly, not directly, but by association through his own co-stars, right? Who are themselves reckoning with their legacy and their heritage as comedic actors and their participation in something that may have embodied the very thing that any vision of black liberation has as a target right if there is one thing that black liberation has to dispense with it's minstrelsy and the idea that the humiliation of black people is funny entertaining and edifying but i think spike lee in bamboozled is actually trying to be complicated there and say, like, you know, it's not just like, well, this is a minstrelsy, therefore it's bad, therefore it never should have been. And I really fight hard with the students to get them to not see that as a sort of reality show battle between the good guy and the bad guy. But instead to ask, like, how can black people even be funny on a screen? And he has uh, com- uh, comedy routines in the film, right? Um that go in different directions. And I also want to talk about those next uh, in the next podcast piece when I walk through some specific examples. But those comedy set pieces, right? Paul Mooney being, I think, the most important one because there's the real deep ethical and political lesson and, and that has to be examined in some detail. But how could you put black people comedically on the screen in an anti-black world? And I think Spike Lee is not... St- trying to shame people I think that's one way of reading bamboozled, I don't read it that way I don't think he's trying to shame consumption of black comedy, but instead trying to get us to ask the difficult question that is ambivalent and unresolved, and maybe unresolvable, which is can black people be comedic on the screen when the white gaze haunts the screen, when the white gaze is part of the exchange of affects Or is it possible to craft an idea of black humor coming from black people in a way that escapes that notion of minstrelsy? That may mean eliminating altogether the white gaze and thinking about what is black comedy for black people. But of course, even that what is black comedy for black people presupposes that anti-blackness is not ontological. That anti-blackness is simply a feature of a particular racial demographic, rather than structure the structure of the being of our world. And if, like Spike Lee, I would say, is saying in Blamboozled, if anti-blackness is constitutive of the very being of the world, then... The white gaze is present in every viewing of black people on a screen in a comedic context. And black people on the screen or on the stage in a comedic context is so deeply tied to the history of minstrelsy that one has to understand the task of representing black life, black people, and black bodies as comedic bodies moving, right? Because bodies are comedic. The bodies, the lives, and the people have to be crafted on that screen that it is no simple equation it is no simple equation of you just make your comedy and you hope that it gets seen in a particular way because when you make your comedy as a black person and a black body about black life on a screen where the white gaze is omnipresent as a fundamental efficient cause and agent of anti-blackness then the gaze is always there. It always threatens whatever we are seeing with minstrelsy, with humiliation, with anti-blackness. I want to talk in this next uh, 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 piece on Bamboozled about where Spike Lee ends. Because I think Afro-pessimism, as I'm talking about it in in, in this, this particular moment, is not necessarily nihilistic, it's diagnostic. It's here's the structure of the being of the world and the people who populate the world. And we have to be troubled by that and find it troubling and trouble our way through it. But, and this is the key part, that's not nihilistic in the sense that for somebody like Spike Lee, and I like him this way, I think he understands that art and the artist, the filmmaker, the comedian, the musician, the cultural actor, that expressive life, that black expressive life is capable when conscious of crafting a different kind of representation and presentation of self, body, and world. That is, that there can be a crafting of black life, black people, and black bodies that is comic, that is not minstrelsy. That's where it's not nihilistic. It's not everything is worth, uh, pointless, worthless, and meaningless, and always going to be a matter of humiliation, but that in order to get to that place of craft one has to first go through what bamboozled is taking us through, which is the utter precariousness of black people as a spectacle, black people as a comedic spectacle, weighted down by history and the way that history functions, not just in our memory and not just in our archives and documents, but as constitutive of our senses, what we see and what we hear, and our sensibilities in terms of what we want, what makes us feel good, what makes us laugh, what entertains us, and what is therefore the object of our desire.